0: Of our destination series, how many of y'all are enjoying the series? Uh, I am as well. I'll tell you, a lot of the stuff that we're talking about is based off of the book, "The Principle of the Path." So, um, and back, by the way, we have that at our resource table if you'd like to pick that up. But we've been talking about for the past four weeks that our direction determines our what destination. Direction determines our destination. I mean, we know that. We know that if we go north, we're going to go to our destination, which is going to be north. Um, we're not going to go anywhere south. I mean, that's, it's just kind of a no-brainer when it comes to like driving or when it comes to hiking, whatever path you take, you're going to go a certain place. I mean, we know that when it comes to life, but when it comes to other things in our lives, we just we think intention trumps our direction. Um, There's a disconnect. That's what we've been talking about. And, I mean, because all of us are on financial paths, we all do stuff with our money, but we have intentions, well, we're going to pay off credit cards and we're going to do that and it'll just kind of happen. We think that things are just going to happen because we intend it, but it doesn't happen that way. We all just want to have good marriages. We all want to be good parents. We all want to be good employees. We all want to live long and prosper, all right? I mean, but if we don't take care of our health, if we don't take care of our marriages, if we don't take care of our children, then it doesn't matter what we intend because our direction, not our intention, determines our destination. Last week, we talked about the value of getting good information. That uh, many times when we're stopped on the side of the road, we know that we're lost. We ask somebody for help. Hey, where do I go? All this stuff. And sometimes, people, we get bad directions, and it's going to determine where we end up. Last week, we talked about that sometimes, even if you got good directions, you got good information, that good information isn't enough to get you where you need to be. Last week, we talked about that you need submission Not just good information. You can have all the good information in the world, but not follow the good information. It's going to do you no good. That we just don't need good information. We need to submit to God, and when he tells us that good information, we have to do it. Now, here's the thing. Last week, we ended by talking about the wisest person in the world. The smartest person in the world. The guy who had the most information the guy who knew this principle, he wrote it in the book of Proverbs. He's the wisest dude, anybody know his name? Solomon, that's exactly right. I mean, Solomon, he knew this principle. In fact, we looked at Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 last week and about how you don't need to trust in your own judgment, but trust in God. I mean, he knew this, he wrote it, and even though he had all the good information in the world, he swerved. Even though he had all the good information in the world, he chose to make a detour. He chose to go in the wrong direction. And uh, we talked about this last week, that, that Israel was a very small country. And in its heyday, which was under King Solomon, it, it's very small, only about 85 miles wide. It's about the, the, as wide as Delaware. All right. So uh, it, the, the mindset, the thinking, the judgment that Solomon had is, hey, listen, Egypt is a whole lot bigger than us, Assyria is bigger than us, you know, the Babylonians are bigger than us, all these people are bigger than us, so I'm going to marry the daughters of Pharaoh and the daughters of Babylon, all these daughters, and I'm going to build treaties with them, and that's how we're going to protect the nation of Israel. He thought it was a great idea, but God said there was a problem because God said you should not marry other women who don't share your own values, don't marry foreigners. Here's the thing. Solomon swerved. Why did he swerve? That's what we're going to be talking about. And that is our big idea today. The answer to why Solomon swerved is this right here. Our big idea says this. What gets your attention determines your direction. What gets your attention determines your direction. Let's all say that. What gets your attention determines your direction. Now, why did Solomon swerve? Well, what got his attention was women. In fact, if you're, how many of y'all are guys in here? You are male. All right, thank you because what gets your attention and what gets my attention is women. All right, look at what King Solomon says, in 1 Kings, this is written about Solomon's life. It says this, now King Solomon loved many foreign women. Besides Pharaoh's daughter, he married women from Moab, Ammon, Edom, Sidon, and from all among the Hittites. The Lord had clearly instructed the people of Israel, you must not marry them, because they will what? Turn. They will turn They will turn your hearts to their gods. Yet Solomon insisted on loving them anyway. He had 700 wives of royal birth and 300 concubines. And in fact, they did what? Turn his heart away from the Lord. In Solomon's old age, they turned his heart to worship other gods instead of being completely faithful to the Lord as God as his father David had been. Here's the thing. Here's the principle. Whatever gets your attention will determine your direction. That's simple. You see, you can be walking down the road or you can be driving down the road. you can be riding your bike, you can be walking on the side. doesn't matter. What gets your attention is going to determine where you're going to go. It's just a fact. Now, I'm not, you, don't, you don't have to believe in God or Jesus. To realize that this principle is true. How many of y'all have ever, something's ever gotten your attention while you're driving and you looked and you swerved and you hit somebody? Anybody? Anyone? All right. had a few people in the 9 o'clock service. Evidently, the 11 o'clock service, you're better drivers. Thank you. All right. I mean, what captures, what grabs your attention will determine the direction of your life. I mean, think about that. Captures, grabs. Listen to that word. She grabbed my attention. He captured my attention. Looking at that commercial, it grabbed my attention. Let me tell you some things that's grabbed and captured my attention. When uh, Back in 1993, me and a good friend of mine, his name was Philip Herring, we decided to go to a conference, a church conference together, and we went up to South Barrington, Illinois, a suburb of Chicago, and uh, went and uh, looked at a church in this conference called Willow Creek Community Church. Bill Hobbles is the pastor of that church, and the whole premise is, His idea was, you know what, let's start churches for people who maybe don't normally go to church. And that was a radical idea back then. And going to that conference with my friend, it changed the direction of my life. Fast forward in 2006, I went to a church conference in Atlanta. Uh, The church conference was called Drive, and it was North Point Community Church. And I heard Andy Stanley, he said this, that the the mission of Jesus' life, Luke 19.10, was to seek and to save that which was lost. And that churches shouldn't be just for church people. That churches should be for everybody. So he made this statement, I'll never forget it. He says, we need to be focused on reaching people and not keeping people. Now see, that's interesting because I've grown up in churches all my life where you need to keep the people who give a lot of money happy. And it doesn't matter about the people you reach because they're not giving anything anyway, right? But see, that wasn't Jesus' mission. Jesus' mission is to reach people. And we said, we're going to start a church that reaches people and and doesn't focus on keeping people. Let me tell you another one. Back in 1993, excuse me, back in 1990, a lady captured my attention. Her name was Kim Williams. I'll never forget, Um, We were going on this progressive dinner, and I was trying to find a date at the time, and I asked my best friend, his name was Philip Robinson, um, because I thought it would be funny to bring a guy to it, because back then, it was still funny. Anyway, I need to stick to my notes quickly. Anyway, I, I thought, hey, Phil, come be my date, it'll be funny, we'll get some laughs. And he turned me down. So, yeah. Uh, so I remember ending up asking another friend of mine, her name was Kim Williams, and uh, I said, Kim, let's go. And She said, sure, I'll go. So we went to our first house in a progressive village where you kind of go when you go to different houses and eat. First house, it was fun. Second house, we went to a, a good friend of mine, a, a wonderful lady here in Clarksville. We, we were eating the full course meal at her house, and all the drinks were empty at the table, and Kim started getting up and saying, hey, can I get you something to drink? Can I get you? And she started serving everybody. Fresh goblets of sweet tea. Oh. And you know what? It was it was at that moment I fell in love with that girl. And it wasn't because just because of her looks, even though, you know, come on now. It was because she had a servant's heart. And it was like the smoke in the room, and it was like in the lightning, and it was like, oh wow. I mean, so, I mean, she captured my attention. And because she captured my attention, we've been married 18 years, and there are people in this world who would not have been in this world had she not captured my attention. There are three sons, and there's sometimes I would like to take them out of this world. <laughs> That's my son right down there. All right. See, my point is those are three positive examples of things c- capturing or grabbing my attention. And sometimes positive things, but think about it. There are a lot of negative things that grabs and captures our attention in it. I mean, some of you, I mean, you, imagine how differently your life would have been if you would have said no on that business deal. Imagine how your life would have been if you you hadn't began that relationship with that person online. If you hadn't added your old old flame in a Facebook friend request. Imagine how different your life would be if you would have said no to the 0% financing. Imagine how differently your life would be if you hadn't accepted that phone number from him, or you hadn't have visited that website, or if you hadn't have taken your first pill or your first drink. Imagine, I mean, things capture and grab our attention, and many times, I mean, those things that capture and grab our attention, wherever our attention goes, we are going to head towards because our attention will influence the direction, and every direction has a destination. On every path that leads to destruction, on every path that there, you're going down the road and there is a, a bridge out on every path. The reason we got on that path is because something emotional tugged at us and we looked. And wherever we look, wherever grabs our attention, we're going to be moving in that. I mean, attention influences direction. That's grab. I mean, grabbing captures. Now, but there's another. Sometimes we use the word, I pay attention. I need to pay more attention to that, or you need to give attention to. And think about that. What captures or grabs our attention is usually emotional. But when we pay attention to something, or we give attention to something, that's intentional. Usually what captures or grabs our attention is usually dangerous. What we choose to give attention to and to pay attention to is usually good for us. I mean, if you look back over the past few years, how different would your life have been had you paid attention to some things? How different would your life have been if your parents would have paid more attention to their marriage? How different would your life have been if your mom or your dad had paid more attention to the friends that you chose to hang out with when you were in high school? How different would your life would have been if you chose to pay attention to some things? I mean, think about if you chose to pay more attention to your health. If you chose to pay more attention to your marriage. See, right now, something has grabbed or captured your attention. And right now, you're either choosing to focus and pay attention to or choosing to ignore something that you need to pay attention to. And the problem is, is whatever grabs grabs our attention, captures our direction, and it becomes a slow drift. And you start drifting and drifting until you don't even know. You don't, you don't even know where you're at anymore. You are lost. I mean, some of you, your life right now is awesome because you're choosing to pay attention to some things. You've let go for a long time. And others of you, something has grabbed or captured your attention. And some people have warned you about it. And, and you're defending it. And it's just a matter of time before you swerve and you crash. Now, today, here's the thing. I was trying to figure out a passage of Scripture for us to look at today. The past four weeks, we've looked at one passage. I've looked through the Bible, this whole uh, principle, attention, direction, destination. It's all through the Bible. So we're not going to just do one passage. We're going to do about four or five today if we have enough time. The first one is found in Deuteronomy. The book of Deuteronomy is in the, one of the very first books of the Bible. And let me kind of give you some context. God chose a people called the Israelites, and they came from a dude by the name of Israel. He had a lot of children, and those were the ites. All right? So it, all of the Israelites came from this one dude. His name was Israel. His name used to be Jacob. And God blessed them, and they went crazy. And they, I mean, tons of people. And God chose them and loved them in a way like he loved no other people up to that point. Because he said, I love you, you're the apple of my eye. And because I love you, I'm going to give you my law. And my law, is it's going to be how you relate to me, how you relate to other people. And also, what type of food you should eat or not eat, and how you should cook it, and what to do with all of this stuff that could make you sick. He loved them in a special way. And in Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 12, Moses is speaking and and he's writing and God is is speaking through Moses' pen when he says this, if you, what are those next two words? If you pay attention to these laws and are careful careful to follow them, then the Lord your God will keep his covenant of love with you as he swore to your forefathers, Now, this is amazing because God made a deal with the Israelites. How many of y'all have ever made a deal with God? Anybody want to be honest? I've done it. God, if you just give me a job, if you just make me healthy, if you'll just pay the bills, we all make deals with God, right? Some of it, you know, we make the deal, God comes through, we're like, I don't remember saying that. Well, God made a deal with Israel. And here was the deal. He said, listen, if you pay attention to my commands and do them, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to send rain, and your crops are going to grow, and you're never, ever going to want anything. It's going to be a good thing. I mean, all your cities are going to be well protected. No enemies or armies are going to come up and attack you if you follow and listen to me and pay attention. But if you disobey me, there's not going to be any rain that falls, and your crops won't grow, and all of the armies are going to come, and they're going to come and surround you and destroy you. And it's your choice. And the people in Moses' day, when okay, we're focused on you, God. We're fo- What's that over there? Uh-uh. And, and God, hey, to, to focus on me. Okay, we're, we're totally focused. On, the Israelites are just like you and me, right? I, I am so, I mean, it's the new year and I'm going to read my Bible. Oh, that's cool. Farmville, right? Come on now, tell the truth, shame the devil, right? I mean, by the way, nobody ever give me stuff on Farm Bill. I don't care about your farm. Throw that out there. Uh, here's the thing. Or, you know, and they're just like, I mean, just like us. I mean, okay, we're focused on you, God. Oh, look at there. Right. And and they would get, they would have periods of intense focusing on God for about 30 seconds. Just like you and me. And then we get distracted. And God was Reminding them hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, hey, come back. Okay, we're, we're serious, me and you, God. Ooh. You know, and 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 it got so it got so uh, just blooming, just frustrating that God said, "Listen, if you don't focus on me, all of these surrounding countries are going to come and surround you, and they're going to drag you away." And that's exactly what happened for seventy years. All the people in Israel were taken and they were deported to modern day Iraq. And they stayed there for 70 years until that generation and those leaders died out. And then God said, now you can go back. And you know what? They became afterwards intentionally focused on God for about 45 seconds. Just like you and me. Because what we choose, what captures, what grabs our attention, we're going to move in that direction. Now, that was Moses. Moses. Now, fast forward about 400 years, and the fellow who wrote a lot of the Psalms, his name was David, he was a king, all right? Uh, He's the father of King Solomon, he's the dude who slayed Goliath and all that stuff. He writes this in Psalm 119, verse 35. Let's know what David says. Same principle, attention influences your, your direction. What's that first word? Direct. What are we talking about? Directions. Direct me in the what? Path of your commands, for there I find delight. What's that next word? Turn my eyes away from worthless things. Now, why is he saying, turn my eyes away from worthless things? Because if you look at worthless things, guess where you're gonna end up? And a big old nasty heap of worthless things. Because whatever you look towards, you're gonna slowly drift towards. I'll give you an example of my own personal life. <laughs> this is a negative one. I when I was in college here at Austin P. Somebody said, you ought to run. I weighed a, a lean 220. Now, some of you are going, that ain't lean. It was lean for me then. So I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to run. So I start running. I'm, I'm running on Madison Street right in front of Kroger, right? And I'm running. I got my spandex on. Come on run. Power walking. I'm doing it, baby. And I remember running down the street, and somebody blew the horn. And I'm thinking, it's one of my peeps. They see me in my spandex and they want to say hello to me. All right? So as I'm running, I'm running down here and I wave. And I, no lie, I face plant myself in a telephone pole. I am on the floor, nose bleeding. I don't know if they were honking at me before, but I do know they were laughing at me after. Now, the principle, you can, if you're going one way, you better keep your eyes going that way because if you're going forward and you look this way, you're going to drift that way because attention determines your direction, and every direction has a destination. <laughs> this next verse I want to show you is written by King Solomon. We looked at this a couple of weeks ago, and this is a great verse for guys who have a problem with their eyes. Again, one more time. How many of you are, are guys in here? All of us have a problem with your eyes, don't you? If you say no, you're also a chronic liar. Throw it out there or you're not really a guy. All right, <clears throat> here's the thing. This next verse is a great verse for guys or if you're a woman. How many of you are ladies? How many of you, now, you can put your hand down. Every one of you ladies who raise your hands, you also like to shop. Most of you do. All right. If you're a lady who likes to shop or you are a guy who struggles with their eyes, this next verse is for you. It's for us. This is what it says. Let your eyes look where? Let your eyes look straight ahead. But Why? Because whatever gets your attention will determine your direction. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Now, here's the thing. Great examples of this one. Think about when you're at a mall, ladies, all right? If you ever been to those benches in the mall, where do those benches face? Do they face into the stores or do they face down the hall? Into the stores. You want to know why? Because wherever you're looking looking towards, that's where you're going to go to. So, ladies, when you go to the mall and you're walking through the mall, you don't go right, you don't go left. You fix your eyes straight ahead and go out to exit. All right? <laughs> Guys, a true story from my life. Uh, when I was going to seminary down in Dallas, there was this billboard on Central Expressway, uh, 75. 75 going north. And it was a billboard. It was a Bud, a Budweiser billboard. And it was this lady laying on her back in a bikini drinking a Bud. And, you know, she had a flat stomach. By the way, if you drink a Bud, you're probably not going to have a flat stomach. That there. But she's drinking it. And I remember the very first time I saw it, you know, you know, and, and driving like, and oh my, and I had to go, I had to go down that road all the time, and I'm like, dear Lord, what am I, you know? And I'll never forget this. Every time I'd go down sort of expressway, it was always a parking lot because some person had wrecked. You want to know why they wrecked? In fact, I ended up going on the internet. I'm not even making this up. 83% of people on Central Expressway got in a wreck at that little intersection, at that exit because of that billboard. There's still statistics about it. 83%. And some of you are wondering, Pastor, did you wreck? No, I didn't. No, I didn't. I'm a bad driver. I don't need billboards. All right, Nobody agreed with that. All right. So, I mean, that's a thing. Whatever you gaze at, there you're going to go. As our gaze goes, we go. Because wherever you focus, that's where you're going to end up. Now, 1,000 years, Jesus tells a story, and this is what Jesus has to say. Same principle here. He says this, the eye is the lamp of the body. I want to step right there. Here, how many of you all like going camping? All right, cool. Here we have a little Coleman lantern. Go ahead and kill some of those lights, all right? Now, here's the thing when it comes to camping. You see, so many times when you get out of the tent at two o'clock in the morning, you know, and um, you, you know you have to go use the bathroom or something. You know, it's always like, you know, what's you know, you, you're fumbling for a flashlight and you're going down. And as you're going down a path, you you, you got to figure out where you're seeing. So wherever you, this is ahead of you, wherever you go, wherever you point, that's where it's going to light up your path. Now, here's the thing: we don't like lanterns. In fact, most people don't have anything like this when they go camping. They get the 6,000 lumens butane, you know, you turn it on and the Shekinah glory It's like, ah, you know, I mean, that's what we want. But let me tell you what God has to say about his word. In Psalm 119 says this, that your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. You see, we want to see thousands of yards ahead of us, miles ahead of us. And God says, no, my word It's just going to, you're going to put it out there, and you're going to take a step, and you're going to understand more. And you're going to take a step, and you're going to understand more. That's what Jesus is talking about here when he says, the eye is the lamp of the body. He's saying, guys, girls, that wherever your eyes are headed, the lamp, that's the direction you're going to go towards. If it's this way, you're going to go that way. Because the eyes are the lamp of the body. I'm going to keep on reading. If your eyes are good, and the little Greek word for their Good actually means wholesome and pure. So if your eyes are looking at wholesome and pure things, then your whole body will be filled with light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be filled with darkness. What he's saying is that the little things that you look at are going to determine the direction and the quality of your life. Whatever gets your attention, you're going to move that direction. That's the principle. Now, Last verse I want to share you, and then I I want to ask you two questions and we're done. Last verse. The last verse I'm going to share with you is in the book of Hebrews. We don't even know who wrote this book. It's in the New Testament. But we know who it was written to. It was written to the Hebrews. Thank you very much. It was written to the Hebrews, and the reason why it was written to the Hebrews or the Jews is because a lot of the, the, the Jews started becoming Christians and Christ followers, and it started getting tough and difficult. And they were... They were wanting to swerve. They were wanting to take a detour and go back. And the guy who wrote the book of Hebrews said, you know, don't swerve. And this is what he says in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1. He says, we must, what's the next word? Pay more careful attention, therefore, to what we've heard, so that we do not what? Drift away. If you don't make a decision to pay attention to the right things, you will eventually drift. I'm going to say that one more time. If you don't choose to pay attention to the right things, you're going to get distracted. Let me say this. We have a lot of teenagers here today. You need to hear this. There's some of you who aren't teenagers. Maybe you're single again, and you need to hear this. But if you choose, if you don't make the decision ahead of time that you're not going to have sex in that relationship until you get married, if you don't make that decision ahead of time, then when you get in the back seat of a car, or on a couch. It's too late. You got to make that decision ahead of time. Now hear me. You may make the decision ahead of time and still get in the back seat of a car or on a couch. It's difficult even to say no then. But I promise you, if not made the decision beforehand, you will drift. Some of you, you're you, you're single again because you were married and it didn't work out. It was very painful for you, and you've experienced what warm embrace feels like and now you just you just want to be loved I mean what should you do well again you got to make the decision up front you got to pay attention to what's going in here with your feelings because sometimes your feelings can lie to you I mean you know that I ain't even got to tell you that because you married him you married her and it wasn't a good marriage it wasn't a good choice and you went farther and farther down a path that you were like, man, I sure wish I could go back. And it ended in a train wreck. So God is, already, He's telling you now, you gotta pay attention. Attention determines your direction, and every direction has a final destination. You know, the only way we can keep from drifting is we have to pay attention. And we gotta make sure that nothing captures or grabs our attention. Because usually what captures or grabs our attention is an emotional thing, and it's usually bad. What we choose to pay attention to is intentional, and that's usually good for us. Let me ask you this question, two questions. First question is, what has captured your attention? What has grabbed your attention? What has grabbed your affection? Because what you love is where you're going to drift toward. Attention and affection are the same things. I mean, are there some people in your life that's coming next to you and saying, listen, what are you doing? Maybe some friends, maybe a roommate in your life going, listen, you're spending an awful lot of time with her or him. Or maybe it's somebody, a friend at work. Hey, who are you going to eat with at lunch today? I'm going to eat with Sally in accounting. Aren't you married? Oh, it's not that big of a deal. You know, we're just friends, you know. And you're spending a lot of time defending it. If you're finding yourself just spending a lot of time defending something, then you better, you better wake up. Because what captures or grabs your attention will determine where you're going to end up. And if you think that it's, oh, it's just, it's meaningless. It's me and Sally. We're just having fun. No, sir. That, that is a path. And it will destroy your marriage. You have to stay on guard. Guys, ladies, we're the same way. We get married. We win her heart. We win her hand. And we put it on autopilot. Right? We put it on cruise. Now, I'm good now. You know, we don't have to date anymore. That's the reason I got dated, so I could get married. Let me tell you, I was talking to a friend of mine last night. One of the things we talked about was this. Good marriages just don't happen. They take work. Does anybody want to agree with that? They take work. You can't put it on autopilot. You put it on autopilot, you will swerve. You've got to pay attention. And see, some of you, you need to start paying attention to your teenagers. Because your intention is, I want to have a great family. And when they grow up, I want them to be good, member, productive society of, of, the, of society, all that. We, 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 that's our intention. But if we don't pay attention to the type of friends they hang out with, we got to be in their business. You got to snoop. All right? I mean, snoop is a, is a cool rapper, but you better be doing it at home as well. Because if if some of you, I I trust my teenager. Right now, hear me. You can trust them, but do you remember what you did when you were a teenager? Right, all the stuff. Yeah, Mama, I'm going to the sock hop. Right now, you going to puff on the magic dragon? What you doing? (laughs) Throwing that out there. So, that wasn't in my notes. I'm sorry. What are, what's capturing or grab your attention? Let me give you the second question. The second question is this. What do you need to pay more attention to? What do you need to pay more attention to? For some of you, it is your family. For others, it's your spiritual life. I mean, you pay more attention to how many people are are your friends on Facebook or what they're doing on Facebook when you need to, you know, sometimes put Facebook away and get your face in the Bible. See, some of you, and I'm going to say this, some of you are like, I don't understand how to read the Bible. Well, I'm telling you, immediately after this, you can go out these doors and take a right, and starting point is right there, and we're going to show you how to do it. Right? 20 minutes. Give us 20 minutes. I mean, some of you, you use that as an excuse long enough. It's time for you to take control of your life and pay attention to your spiritual walk it's not just going to happen you're not going to drift towards godliness you're going to drift away from god and i'm telling you that's a great it's a great place to do that some of you got it. you just you need to start cuz it's just not going to happen attention determines your destination attention determines which direction and direction has a destination